0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to uh, yet another insightful episode of Digital Adoption Show, where we dive deep into topics shaping the modern workspace. I'm going to be your host for this episode. My name is Akhil, and I'm a business development manager at WhatFix. Today, we have a very special guest with us, Toby Newman, who is the senior LD consultant at C.H. Robinson. In today's episode, we'll explore more about AI powered learning and how it's reshaping organizational change in learning and development. So, without any further delay, let me share more about our guest for the show. Toby is a seasoned LD professional with over two decades of expertise in designing and delivering high impact learning programs. Currently, he holds the pivotal role of leading the onboarding and well-being programs at CH Robinson for the European region. Prior to this, Toby served as an internal talent development lead for Ted Eindhoven and amassed valuable experience over seven years at Here Technologies, where he made significant contributions in various capacities, including roles as an l lead and manager we're really excited to have you on our show today toby so just to start with why don't you tell us a little about yourself and your experience as an lnd leader at ch well first of all thank you that's a hell of a welcome (laughs) feels (laughs) like i
1: should have like an oscar or something like that i think if i were to sum up kind of where i am at the moment above what you've already talked about it would be that i am i'd like to think about the individual you know, I've spent a lot of time in my career looking at corporate developments and corporate programs and stuff. But I feel that, especially with you, know, the topic we talk about AI today and um, the way things are going is that personal development is more important now than it's ever been. And I feel that the more time that we spend on helping individuals and helping, in, whether it be in l and individuals or you know, individual contributors to develop themselves, uh, I think that's the the best time suited. So it's kind of where I am at the moment.
0: That's great. Toby, like you mentioned, right, AI is the top of the town right now. So much happening around... All of these AI companies and how AI is making life easy for everyone. I mean, not just learning and development, coming to sales, business development, operations, everything that can be automated and can make life easier for anyone in the organization. It's the boon for us. I just want to warm you up a little bit for this episode with a quick round of rapid fire questions. So I'll oh, okay. just start shooting the questions across. Go on in. I'm ready. All right number one so if you had to learn one survival skill for life what would it be
1: i think it would probably be it's gonna make it sound weird but the in english we like to say that the gift of the gap the Mm -hmm. gift to be able just to talk with passion but with a sense of getting everybody to buy into the way we're going and yeah for me that would be a lovely skill. Maybe you get all the animals around you to kind of help you build the the rafts and stuff to survive eh?
0: Great answer. I mean, that's one great survival skill to have. My next question is gonna be who would you like to play yourself if they made a biography on you?
1: Oh geez. You have to be crazy to build a build a biography on me. I think I would probably De Niro. I'd love that kind oh, yeah. of either that or it'd be Al Pacino as the devil in uh, that kind of like kind of (laughs) kind of thing
0: (laughs) that that's a great pick yeah so moving on to my next question right so what's your favorite medium of learning it could be video audio or document or anything apart from these three as well like what's your favorite form of learning
1: yeah so this is an interesting one because i mean it kind of harks back to this whole idea of debunked that everybody has a preferred learning style I know that it is debunked from a a scientific point of view, but I still believe that people have their preferences. So I I particularly like that question because it kind of shows that we do have preferences, even though the kind of science may say otherwise. And I think for me, it's going to be audio. I can't remember the last time I really listened to music. I listened to a lot of podcasts. And I find that kind of stream of information is, for me, is just easier, but also fun
0: so if you don't mind me asking what what are you listening to right now i'm a big
1: history buff so i've got a couple there there's a one called daily history that is just it's my little hangout because they call it daily history but it's actually only during the week and it's very very interesting and educational There's a podcast I love that's called Little Bits About Everything. And it's basically every day you get just a random 10 minute information about how traffic lights were built or who is the greatest Olympian, depending on which way you look at it. It's fascinating. Mm -hmm. I think outside of that, my big one I'm at the moment is psychological safety, culture by design is the podcast. And they go through every aspect of psychological safety. So that's closest I've come to learning podcast.
0: So my next question is going to be, what is the one thing that you took the most time to learn? And I'm asking this to you because you're an l expert. I'm thinking two things here.
1: If I go abstract, my first thing is parenthood. And I haven't even learned it yet. And I know it's not specifically a topic to learn. But It's kind of like a a good representation of where we are at the moment in terms of it's something that nobody really can teach you how to do. It's something you have to want to find out by yourself. You've got to do trial and error. You've got to go through the pain, hopefully, not too much pain. You've got to do it together, you know, with either your significant other half or family, whoever it is. And it's at a continuous thing. So I know it's probably not the kind of the answer you're expecting, but. For me, that would be it.
0: I mean, that's a great answer, Toby. Cool. So if you could travel back in time, right? Like, let's say just, you know, we end up inventing time machine. Where would you or what period would you want to go back?
1: Oh, oh, oh. now you're talking. I mean, there's so many different uh, areas. I don't think there'd be any particular one area because, I mean, no matter which area you're going to go to, there's more famine there's more diseases, there's more security risks, your death's door every five minutes. I mean, even as far back as early as the early 19th century, people were having kids because half of them would die before they got to like two. Um, yeah. So it's nice to study that area, but I'm I'm happy going back. Maybe go back like 10 minutes and put some money on the horses.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. That's, that's a good one. I'm just going to finish up with these uh, rapid fire uh, questions as the last one for you. Would you rather climb a mountain or jump off a plane? I mean, definitely considering the fact that you have a parachute. Well, actually,
1: I've done skydiving. So that one's an easy one for me. I've done now 12 skydiving jumps. So I always say it's like, why would anybody jump out of a perfectly good plane with basically a handkerchief stuck to their back? And I was like, (laughs) yeah, that's me.
0: Great, Toby, I think we have you warmed up, right, for this episode. (laughs) Uh, Getting into the conversations here around L&D and how AI is influencing us. Toby, with your extensive background in L&D, could you share how the landscape has evolved over the years, especially how recent integration of AI has influenced and advanced the organization's L&D function? Oh,
1: that's a big question. So I think first of all is that, I'm not a LD expert, as in, I'm not somebody that's done PhDs in robotics and AI. So I'm not gonna try and pretend to give you the, the long detail answered. If I was to put it in a nutshell, it would be that we've always lived with some form of AI. Since the 60s, when you had the machines as big as rooms, you had computers helping you to do things. I remember some somebody saying, back the BMW has got more computing power than it takes to go to the moon in the 60s or probably a lot more Mm -hmm. now even when you're driving everything from lane assisted bleeps to the windscreen wipers that turn on when it's raining everything is computer assisted and we think of AI as this robot kind of amazingly superpower that can do everything but in reality it's just a the computer that you're using probably to watch this and it's just a way that's helping us to learn better and i'm disappointed that as lnd we haven't embraced technology as much as we can do we've used e-learning and scorn files and stuff but if you look at the vast majority of LD stuff we are stuck in the 80s and 90s for the few people that are doing something great the vast majority are still creating PowerPoint slides. Even though the population and probably we as individuals use technology and use AI, we're just behind the times when it comes to, we've to learning and development. And I think half the problem is that we as learning professionals are Scared, But we're worried about, oh, is it going to suit everybody? And how do we need to do it? And are we ready ourselves? I think a lot of l people are not technologists. They haven't come from platforms. I mean, the number of people I know that come to me and ask me about, you know, oh, the company is creating an LMS, what do I do? And I understand that because the company needs that. But the vast majority of people, even if they've taken degrees in L D, are just not thinking technology first. Maybe that's probably the easiest way. And it's a shame. And I think because it's going to be something that comes around and kind of, pardon my language, but kicks us in the ass far sooner than
0: we think. So we already mentioned maybe we're still outdated, we are still using PDFs to train, we are still using PowerPoints to train. So do you think... This is because of a lack in adoption of new technologies? Like we are scared to adopt or try new technologies or we are too comfortable in doing what we already are? a combination are. of things.
1: There is an element of scaredness, but I think that's because companies put so much pressure on learning and development people to get it right and so much pressure on them to roll things out quickly and with very little money. The budget is really tight for any company, but L&D traditionally has always been the worst off because we're always seen as a cost and we're always seen as the last port of call. So whenever there's money, it goes towards other things before learning. And because of all that, nobody thinks, well, what's the point of me looking at this technology or looking into that platform or looking at this thing when I know the company's not going to buy it? And I think that the trouble with that process is that then there is no thinking, well, maybe I'll try something along those lines or maybe I'll play around with it and maybe there's another platform that can do it cheaper or maybe there's something I can build myself. Not saying that you would like coding it, but there are, you know, ways and means to do things. I think the other thing with technology, especially in learning, is that over the last, if we go back to say the 80s and 90s, It was very expensive to be in learning and development. I mean, I remember the day when you had overhead projectors and you used to spend all day laminating things and each slide and stuff. Oh, it's just crazy. And then you've got printouts and handbooks and stuff. And then when technology, as in like SCORM and all that kind of stuff coming out, they were very expensive. There was more technology in other areas, but with learning, there wasn't really anything... Going forward, and I think if I'm being honest, even today, you you see all these different trends going on, but there hasn't really been any advancement. Like, you take, say, VR or mixed reality or AR, or whatever you want to call it. The last things I looked at, you're looking at about 50k investment to get the headsets and the software because obviously the headset is the biggest thing. So, even if you scale it, you're still looking at tens of thousands to invest in it. And I'm like, I love VR. I use it myself, but I am not going to try and do a business case for a company to take VR because it's just not realistic. And outside of that, I mean, you know, LMSs have come down in price. LXPs are still relatively expensive. But when you start adding up all these different platforms and stuff, it can get very expensive. And I think that is a challenge. Yes, there is a bit of apprehension from us as individuals, as learning professionals, but the technology is not helping us either.
0: Got it. Yeah. So when you mentioned these emerging innovative methods, can you highlight some of these that are gaining ground among the employees right now? Like when we talk about AI or anything that's new in the market right now?
1: I think the obvious one is the AI, and you've got the chatbots. I'm a big fan of chatbots because I don't think they lay in AI. They are starting to now, but it's much more around using a prescribed list of orders or a list of challenges for an individual to take. And I think for me, that's going towards nudge learning. So the idea mm-hmm. is that it's not part of your workshop, but something you need to do constantly. And I think any technology that allows you to take learning out of the classroom and into the real world is a benefit. One of the hardest thing I find is that if I try and think of other technology, they all tend to merge into one. I mean, you've got your basic LMS, then you've got your basic LXP or your experience platform. Then you've got elements of nudge learning. So things that will ping you or notify you at a certain point to remember to do things. And then you've got gamification stuff. I don't necessarily like gamification, but you've got that area. And then you've got the coaching and mentoring platforms that help you to find a specific challenge but I'm struggling to think of individual trends that are outside those key things.
0: Yeah. So the concept of adaptive and space learning right now has gained a lot of prominence in the l d space, especially with the integration of AI, right? So how do these concepts positively impact organizations and improve the learning experience for individuals? Yeah.
1: So adaptive learning at least for me, was that kind of the precursor to what AI can do now. So the whole point of adaptive learning is um, very similar to like chatbots, as in you've got this situation and you can do A or you can do B. And if you go B, then the kind of the story changes, it adapts. And then you go, well, if you chose B, then you can do this. Very similar to those old gaming magazines, the, the books used the adventure books used to get. Like if you turn left, go to page 32, that kind of thing. But I think what's happening now is that AI or chatbots or chat GDP, should I say, has got to the point where you can basically build all of that for yourself inside a, a chatbot, usually without too much coding, well, actually without any coding these days. And you can then build that adaptive experience for your own goods, you can use chat GDP and AI tools to custom build your things. And then if you then need to scale it, then you've got something you can go to a waterfix or another company and go, this is what we're doing, but I need to scale it. My kind of thing with technology has always been, there's only two reasons you should use technology is to scale it or to automate it. It's the only two reasons everything else you should be doing yourself. But what AI allows you to do is do those two things without the investment. You don't have to buy a platform to use ChatGDP. You don't have to invest thousands to do it. So you can think about how do I scale it on maybe a small scale or how do I automate it on a small scale? And then once you've got that down, then you can use dedicated platforms to help you really scale it and basically take the weight off your hands
0: yeah. So just talking about these skill gaps and learning needs now, right? So just want to understand how do you think organizations can harness AI to get a deep understanding of the changes in skill gaps and learning needs and any potential application do you see for this data in driving organizational change and development?
1: So the thing that, for me, when it comes to skills, is chat GDP can only go so far with a lot of these things. It'll give you basic stuff, but it won't give you real insights. But what it can do is it can lay the groundwork. So to give you an example, I was working with some of our colleagues around HR business partners, and we were looking at how do we improve the skill sets of our HR business partners. And yeah. I had a few ideas. I was like, oh, okay, well, you know, not sure how to start it. Where can I go? And I thought, right, let me use chat GDP to give me a starting point. So for me, the most important thing with chat GDP is, A, try it. Because a lot of people think, oh, no, no. I guarantee once you put in a prompt, you're like kind of, oh, wow, this is impressive. But the other thing is the conversation. It's not a one-off. So to give you an example, I just put in a simple prompt of, I need to upskill. So again, you talk to it. You don't just kind of like, it's not like Google when you go presentation skills. You've got to give it what you're thinking. So you're kind of thinking out loud to it. And I'm very polite because I always think, you know, if AI is going to come self-aware, I don't want it to kill me. So at least I want to try and be polite. So I'll be like, hi, I'm looking to upskill my HRBPs and I don't know where to start. Can you help? Boom. And then you like, and it will start to give you like, hey, that's it. And it will go, hey, that's a good idea. Here are some of the skills. And you start reading it Oh, And it starts triggering. Very similar to you having a conversation with another expert and then going, oh, yeah. did you think of that? Do you think, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. So you've then got something to go on. And then so what I started to do is then say like, oh, I liked the point one. But what did you mean by communication? Isn't that a bit too broad? How would you mm-hmm. specify that? And it would go, okay, let's redo it. And then it will give you that, but you know more detail in them. And then I'd say, again, another prompt to say, but how would I measure all these skills? What are the competencies for these skills? What are the, the measurements of these skills? And then you've got like, after about five or six prompts, you've then basically got a table of all the skills, all the competencies yeah. and all the measurements you would do to get to those ones. And then for me, I would then, again, it's not replacing me because you still have to do something with it. I then go to the HRVPs and say, right, everybody, I've got this as a template. What do we think? Are we missing anything? What do we think of the wording? Because obviously it's not our company that I'm using the wording for. It's generic wording. So it's like, okay, let's change that wording and that change. But that is so much easier than starting from a blank piece of paper and going, right, HRVP skills, okay? Okay. communication and the way I kind of talk about it is it's a very clever intern whereas Mm -hmm. you can ask it anything you want and it will tell you it and but you can also tell it no do it like this do it like this and they were like okay and for me it's a game changer
0: yeah I think the most interesting part here was when you mentioned you know it's like having a conversation with somebody who's already an expert or a peer in everything and the one thing I
1: always say is that AI will not replace you.
0: Somebody yeah. using AI will, will replace be. you, guarantee. Yeah, I mean, that's, I think we can talk for hours and hours if we just talk <laughs> about chat GPT, right? Uh, so just coming down to, you know, how we hyper-personalize and how we tailor learning to individual needs, right? And in the context of AI-powered personalization, what do you see as some of the challenges where we can see in implementing these tailored experiences and how can ai actually help if you use some of our best platforms uh,
1: and lxp where it will say mm-hmm. based on all the data that we've got these are some of the videos or the articles or something that we'd recommended that's basically what an lxp does it gives you a much more personalized view than an lms which is just a list of training and you've got to go in it and think which one you want Where I feel AI can go over the top of that, and where I know a lot of companies are using it as well, is you can program an AI to know you exactly. For example, I've got AI Plus, so I can customize my chats. In my customization, I've put exactly who I am. So like my kind of my age, my job, what my passions are, what my interests are, as much as details as I can think about, like, who I am and how I like to learn, what I've liked in the past, all these kind of Mm -hmm. things. So then when I then add that into I am looking to develop my presentation skills, it already knows my background and not just my history of what I've watched, but it knows everything about me. And because it knows all that kind of stuff, It will not only start recommending training to me, but it will recommend a full structure. It will recommend to say, you need to practice this specific piece of presentation. You need to practice this bit. You need to practice that bit. Go reach out to these people to because we know that they are experts in this particular area. So that's where you get your social and practice bit learning. And then because it's built into everything we do, it will then... Nudge you along the way. For example, uh, I think Copilot can eventually do this in Microsoft. So it will know that when your presentation is due, because it's in your calendar, and it will then prompt you before that to say, Hey, Toby, your uh, presentation is due next week. Remember the things we talked about this, 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 and this. Are you okay with those? Do you want me to give you any? Extra details or any tips on any of these, and you go, Yeah, can I have a quick tip on this? I'm feeling a bit nervous, and you go, Yeah, and it boom, 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 boom. So, it's oh. like we said before, it's that conversation that you can have with it, but it's ultra personalized because you can now give it as much information as you want. Whereas before, you're just hoping that it will give you a full video of go watch this hour long training on presentation. Whereas now it will say, watch minutes 35 to 37. That's the piece you need. Or even better, it will transcribe the whole video, put it into, because I've done this on YouTube. It will transcribe the whole video and then give you the actions based on that. So you don't even have to watch the video. You just have to do the four points that it's told you to do and you've saved yourself like an hour.
0: That's brilliant. It's like the more you feed... This, the more you do it, the more it will feed it. So Basically, it gets tailored, personalized on whatever you feed it. It keeps it on learning with more, it keeps processing. and It's like out. a recommendation engine on steroids. It's something else that will... The more
1: companies start to use this, not just individual companies, but learning companies as well. I know they're starting to already, but it is really going to start to personalize. For me, the interesting direction is going to be from an individual point of view, is it going to be people use things like chat GDP for their own development? Or mm-hmm. do you go down the likes of the LinkedIn learnings of this world, the Udemy's, the degrees, all those kind of things? Because right. if I was CEO of one of those companies, I would be worried because you can go on uh, YouTube and get the same things for free. And whereas before people think, oh, no, it's YouTube. Now with ChatGDP and, and AI, it can take multiple different videos from multiple different free sources, take all that information, and then not only prepare things for you, but actually do it for you as well. Like I've seen demos of this where it will build you Python code just by entering prompts. And to, to give an example that's a bit more down-to-earth for me, Excel. I used to hate putting in formulas. I'd hate doing that, and I, I tried it recently. But I, rather than going into Excel, I went into ChatGDP and said, "I need to create a formula. I need to do this and this and this because of this." Go, and it gave me all the instructions, and it even gave me the code to then copy and paste into Excel. That would have taken me an hour to do, and this took me like. 10 minutes and that's just something simple i mean like in my company one of the biggest skills that people are asking for is excel i don't need to give you sales anymore because you don't need excel skills you need chat gdp but the thing is then people will say well what do we need us for we need the analytical skills that's the bit that chat gdp can't quite do yet it can't take what you've put in and then analyze that to your customers' needs or analyze that to our company's needs. That is where we are still the value. We, the empathy side of things, the storytelling piece, that's where we come in. But all the background bit, all the reporting, all can be automated.
0: Very interestingly, when you mentioned there's a platform which used to provide homework helping services, their shares basically dropped by 50% after ChatGPT came into the picture. Because for a college student, for somebody who who has access to internet right now, who has a homework to do, they can just put up an entire project on ChatGPT, get the report done, get a summary, get the best answers, get it like how you mentioned in the best structure form. It is um, going to be
1: fascinating how universities schools colleges start to change because they cannot carry on the way they're doing i saw posts of back in the 70s you saw teachers protesting about using calculators in schools (laughs) saying it's not right we laugh now because it's definitely stupid but there are people now saying you can't use chat gdp but why why not it's the same kind of logic. Well, you're stopping somebody using a skill in school that they're going to need when they go to work. So why are you stopping them in school when they need it then? So rather yeah. than they need to now start rethinking all their tests, all their exams, anything that's kind of essay written or anything like that, it's no longer, what did Shakespeare say about 20th century work? You can put that in chat GDP and, and get an answer in seconds. It's then oh, yeah. how do you analyze that and how do you compare and contrast? That's going to be the real challenge piece. And I think learning companies are going to have that same problem. Because why do I yeah. need to search through a database of hundreds of videos and books when I can go into chat GDP and it was summarized? I did this a couple of days ago. There was a coaching book that I needed to not read the whole thing, but I wanted to get an understanding of. And I knew there was a digital version of it. So I just went into chat GDP and there's a plugin that you can do and it will read a PDF. And I said, please
0: analyze this book and boom, within two minutes, I had all the talking points that I needed. Toby, we're about to conclude our discussion on this AI-powered learning. Can you share a compelling example of how data-driven insights have made a significant impact on the success of L&D initiatives?
1: If I was to kind of keep it real simple... I think that the example I used before about the HRBPs, I think that's going to be the biggest area. And I've used it for pretty much every kind of business case and strategy that, that I'm working on. It is a partner in me. So it's not like I'm do- doing a strategy or doing whatever I'm doing in learning, or then I'll play around with ChatGDP. This is front. I've got it open all the time. It is my first tab that I open. I don't see it as something that's separate now. It is part of everything I do. So any business case, any strategy, anything that I'm putting in, even I use it for my internal blog. Every other day, I talk about well-being and psychological safety to our company. And I gave little tips and tricks and little things that I found, a little did you knows and stuff just to keep the awareness going and keep people thinking about it. And I I don't use ChatGDP to say, please write me a blog, copy, paste, done. But I still need that inspiration. That's what ChatGDP can't do. It can't give you an inspiration. But what I do is look on LinkedIn, I see an interesting article, and then I go, oh, that's interesting. And then copy that, paste that into ChatGDP and say, I found this interesting. Can you please write me a one paragraph to summarize it for my internal blog, for my employees go and then I can then copy that and then obviously tweak it and then paste it in terms of where is it impactful for me there isn't a place that it isn't impactful it's like the opposite for me it shouldn't be thought of something that is separate it should just be almost like back in the day when we were using computers and people would say oh you can't use a computer you have to draw everything and write and using a computer is cheating And it's getting through that new generational mindset of it's not cheating, it's part of your everyday occurrence.
0: Wow, what an incredible episode that has shed light on the transformative power of AI in reshaping organizational change within l I'm certain our audience has gained valuable insights into this exciting journey. And as we come to the end of another insightful episode of the Adoption Show, I'd like to extend our gratitude to Toby Newman for sharing his expertise and experiences. Thank you so much, Toby. But before we sign off, we'd love to hear your personal motto for success in this ever evolving field of AI-powered learning.
1: I think I'll go back to my saying it's chat GDP and AI won't replace you, but somebody using chat GDP will. My two-piece advice for anybody would be try it. It's free to use. Just put something in there. Put a question in there that you've been troubling. Just whatever you're thinking, put it in there and see what it says. And then the last bit is have a conversation with it. Don't just go... Well, that's the first thing it told me, right, that's it. Think of it as a conversation with an intern that doesn't really have much context, but has all the content. Have an honest conversation. B, think of it as a person. Think of it as, why did you say it like that? I don't like it like that. What did you mean by this? Use those common terminology with it, and it will guarantee to give you results.
0: Thank you so much, uh, Toby, for that And thank you to our listeners for joining us today. Uh, Remember to leave your feedback and reviews on platforms like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you tune in. Stay tuned for more thought-provoking discussions on the future of work. Thanks a lot for joining us.
1: Thank you.